This episode is sponsored by Bison Scaffold. Now, I don't know if you know this, if you're not from Buffalo, New York, but currently in Buffalo, there's about $5.5 billion of economic development happening. That is huge. That is significant. There is an economic boom going on in Buffalo, New York. And the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics says that local construction jobs in Buffalo jumped more than 28% in the last five years. That's the largest growth in all of the Northeast of the United States. So that's greater growth than Philadelphia, Boston, New York City. Things are changing in Buffalo, New York. And all those buildings that are being built, those renovations that are happening, any of those that need scaffold, I can pretty much guarantee that the majority of them use bison scaffold. But the main reason why the construction industry goes to bison, it's not the scaffold. It's the service. I've had the pleasure of consulting with Bison and working directly with the owners, David and Kathy Para. They are great leaders and they have set a great culture of open communication, continuous learning, and a working team environment. And it shows. The team of employees are extremely friendly. They work well together. I really enjoy working with them. They're a lot of fun. And they truly enjoy what they are doing. They are experts in their field with decades of scaffold and construction knowledge. And Bison's reach for renting and selling scaffold goes far beyond Buffalo and Western New York. They sell all over the country and the world. In fact, here's a fact that I didn't even know. They are the largest U.S. scaffold distributor in Cuba. Do you believe it? Cuba. Bison Scaffold is rebuilding Cuba. That's Bison Scaffold, where our scaffold builds solid structures and our service and expertise builds solid relationships. That's bisonscaffold.com. Hi, my name is Anthony DeSimone, and this is the Yen Podcast. And you're listening to Entrepreneur's Island, which is that island that many entrepreneurs and small business owners place themselves on because they're convinced their problems are unique and no one can help. This podcast is all about sharing those problems, those very common problems, and offering solutions. The question I asked the classroom of business owners was, who is the first person that comes to mind when I ask you to think of your best employee? As I looked around the room, I called on Bill and asked him what the name of the his best employee was, and he said, Mary. Okay, Bill, I said. If Mary came into your office and told you she was planning a big vacation in two months with her family and asked for the time off, would you ever consider telling Mary that, for now, you are approving her request, but when we get closer to the date, if you discover that you are shorthanded, you may have to ask her to skip her vacation and work instead. Bill said, I would never do that. Then I said, okay, if you ran into cash flow troubles, would you ever single out Mary and tell her you will need to take a 25% or a 50% or even a 100% pay cut for an undisclosed period of time to help the cash flow situation? 
Bill said, of course not. Well then, why are you treating yourself that way? I said to the classroom. That person you were thinking of is not your best employee. You, the owner of the company, you are your best employee. But if I had a nickel for every business owner who underpaid themselves, I would make more money per week than most business owners. And that's no joke. That really is no joke. It's commonly believed that as many as 90% of small business owners underpay themselves. And this classroom of owners was no exception. Why do you do this when you are your best employee? Why? I've asked that question many times, and the answer I hear the most is, I'm sacrificing my pay to reinvest in the company. And I think to myself, reinvest in what? I have yet to have an owner who says that to me, pull out a spreadsheet and show me how that sacrifice salary was used to reinvest in the company. What typically happens is the money they didn't pay themselves gets thrown back into the daily cash pot and gets spent indiscriminately on something else. The company is no further ahead and the owner is not only underpaid, but is also working far too many hours, has a very, very poor family work-life balance, and is no longer enjoying what they're doing. They're also stressed and they're exhausted. If the owner is going to sacrifice so much, the least they should do is pay themselves a fair salary. And when I suggest this to the owners, I always get pushback. Typically, I get two responses. Either, I can't afford to pay myself more, or how much do you think I should pay myself? And here's my answer. Considering you are the best employee in the company you deserve to get paid the same amount as the highest paid employee in the company. And if you feel for some reason that is too high, I'm not going to argue with you, but you deserve no less, not a penny less, than 75% of the highest paid employee. If you don't have the available cash flow to make that jump immediately, work your way towards it, but be sure, be sure you pay yourself in full within 18 months. Now, if you don't have employees, you should pay yourself at least the salary you could achieve if you took a job with another company. At least that salary. Because you know you're worth more than that, but at least that salary. If you don't believe you could ever pay yourself a fair wage because your business doesn't generate that kind of cash, then you need to seriously ask yourself if you have a viable business. Maybe perhaps what you have is just a hobby. So many business owners have lived this false reality that their sacrifice pay is going to some form of reinvestment that it becomes very difficult for them to change. And sometimes this takes months before I get them to begin to adjust their pay. One of the more effective ways I get them to finally increase their pay is by asking them this simple question. Why did you get into business in the first place? Why would you do it? And the answers I typically get include financial independence, the ability to make more money, to leave a legacy for their family, 
more control and flexibility over their schedule and life. I then respond with, how do you expect to accomplish that if you never pay yourself? I also suggest that they ask their spouse or significant other if they should pay themselves more because I would think, hey, that's a pretty simple way to get an answer. But they usually don't take that advice because they already know the answer. They already know what their spouse or significant other is going to tell them. When the owner begins to pay him or herself and stops sacrificing Guess what happens to the company? Guess what happens when that money no longer stays in the company? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing bad, at least. Considering that that sacrifice money wasn't being tracked, virtually nothing changes in the daily operations. What does happen is we create a much happier owner. As Zig Ziglar would always say, money isn't the most important thing in life, but it's reasonably close to oxygen on the gotta-have-it scale. I couldn't agree more. There's nothing wrong with paying yourself. As owner, you are your best employee. You earned it. You deserve it. And you should enjoy it. So pay yourself, damn it. I hope you have a great day. 